as the new year comes up, God, help us to be ready as we apply your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. How was everybody's Christmas? You have a good Christmas? Good, good. And uh, I did too. I got a pizza oven. And I've used it three times since I've gotten it. Amen. It's been awesome. I am carved out. And tonight I'm going to be going to a New Year's party. And that's going to be really fun too with my small group. But it brings me to want to talk to you about New Year's because I know that when New Year's comes around, we start doing a lot of reflecting. We start looking at how 2023 was, and for some of us, that wasn't the best time, and uh, where there's a lot of things that we're happy to leave in 2023, and then there's a lot of things that we're hoping for in 2024. It happens every year. We come to this time, and we're like, this year it's going to be different. This year, I'm going to do this. I hope this happens. This year, I'm sure the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. I watch their games. They're doing great, um, but we'll see. The the (laughs) delusional is right, happily. Um, But we are, uh, we hope for things like that. We, We start hoping that the things that we didn't care for in the past don't happen again this year, and then when, in the things that we feel like we can control, we make New Year's resolutions, exactly. And I know I've made a few in my past, and I just wanted you to start thinking about some of the resolutions you've made in the past. What are some things that you've said, I'm committing myself to this. I can't do this anymore, or I want to do this, or I want to start doing this. And January 1st, that's the day. It's all going to change. Well, what's funny is, in America, there's a lot of us that have the exact same New Year's resolutions. Forbes came up with a list of the top four. Losing weight. I've said that one a few times. Improving mental health. Improving finances. That's the one I need to say more. And then improving fitness. And that's a good list. I think those are all really good things for us to do. I think that they are helpful, they're beneficial to us, and they are ultimately things that we should be striving to do better in. But there's an issue. See, there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. I think deciding to commit yourself to something like that is a good thing. But haven't you seen those things before? How many times have you said the exact same resolution over and over and over again, year after year? I'm on my fourth year of of lose weight streak. I'm going for five. Okay? It's it's really easy to get in this rut. Like, no, this time it's different. This time it's going to be different. But why, why can't we do it? Why can't we just hunker down and do it? Well, the answer is not very exciting, and it's kind of sad, but it's because we're human, and we're limited. See, when we, when we work on these resolutions, we're building it out of our own willpower. We're like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm doing this. I can't do that anymore. And we decide we're going to bite down, and we're going to do better this year. 
But we all know that there is a limited bandwidth that all people have. Some more than others, but, you're, but you are ultimately limited in what you can do on your own. Which is why I wanted to try to see if we could look at New Year's resolutions in a new way, in a different way. Maybe, maybe there's things that we're asking for that we don't really need. Or maybe there are things that we're asking for, but we're trusting in our own power when God has a different idea in store for us. I think that if we were to look at New Year's resolutions and commitments as a way for us to depend on God and to seek after what God wants for us, I think our New Year's resolutions would look a lot different year to year to year. And what does that mean to depend on God? What does it mean to depend on the power of God? Well, I can't tell you, but the prophet Isaiah can. So we're going to go ask him. He says, this is where we're going to be in Isaiah 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint. Or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Now, that sounds great, but one thing we know about Bible study, one of the most important things to know, is context. Why is Isaiah writing this? What's the context? Well, Israel has been in a state of captivity in Babylon. They are, they are feeling it, okay? It is, they, are, they have been there for a long time. They are exhausted. They are beaten down. They are weary and they can't take it anymore, and they're wondering if they're even ever going to be set free. They're thinking, God's abandoned us. where, Where is the Lord? He's neglected us. And so God sent Isaiah as a prophet to send a message to the people. And this is the message that Isaiah sent, that their difficulties and their hardships and what they're going through does not correspond to some weakness in God or neglect of their hurt. It also speaks of God's strength and how he wants to comfort people in his strength. Isaiah also comes with a message um, that he knows, that God knows that the people are tired. He sees that they're exhausted, but God is inexhaustible. He cannot be tired. And the people may not understand what's going on, and they may not understand what God's plan is or why they're going through this, but God has a plan, and God's understanding is incomprehensible to, the, to us as people. See, that's the message that Isaiah is bringing to the people. God told Israel that he would provide for them in this message And I want to say that God would provide for you. Because as we read, God is everlasting. 
God is everlasting. What does that mean? Well, God has always and will always exist. There was never a point in time or before time where God was not there. He created time. He has always existed. He is constant in his mind. He's constant in his power. He's constant in his might and in his judgment and in his power. He is constant in all those things, but he's also constant in his love. And he's also constant in his compassion and his, and his care. You see, God cares and he's always and everlastingly going to provide and protect the people who are in Christ Jesus. The Bible is full of these promises that God cares for those who are in Christ. He is in the presence of those who have Jesus as their Savior. And he never changes that. He has never changed, and he's not going to start changing now. He is everlasting. And he wants you to trust that. That's why he was writing. That's why Isaiah wrote what he said. That's why God sent Isaiah. He wants his people to trust him. They started to doubt him. And he said, why are you doubting me? Don't you know I am everlasting? I do not change. There is nobody who would be better for the job to fix our situations, to help us get through what we need to do, to hope in to see the change that we want to see than the one who made us by stitch, by stitch, by stitch in our mother's womb. He literally created us. He knows what we need. He knows our very in and out, our inner being. He knows everything that makes us tick. He knows our situation. He knows what we need. If you had, here's an example. If you had an Apple MacBook, that's a laptop for some of you who may not know that. An Apple, if you had an Apple MacBook and it stopped working, it broke, and it wouldn't turn on, who's the first person you would imagine you would want to take it to? Apple, right? Apple, why? Because they'll know it better than anybody else. Why? Because they made the thing. They know their machines better than anybody else because they've literally built them and made them from scratch. So why wouldn't we do that with God? If, if you genuinely believe, and I hope you do, that God created you and created me, why would we not want to go to the source, the manufacturer, and say, hey, I'm broke, fix it. I need help. I need some troubleshooting. God wants that for you because he's, not only did he make you, but he's passionate about his work. He cares about the creation that he's made. He wants to have a relationship with you. That's why he put you, that's why he put Adam and Eve in the garden with him. He wants to have a relationship with you, and that means for you to lean on him and his strength. But if you try to boot up on your own like a computer, you're not, it's not going to work. You need fixed. He is the only one who can help us in the way that he can help us. This is why we have to let God's strength soar in us. We have to let God's strength soar in us, reign in us, work through us. This, now, this, what I'm saying, it sounds great and it sounds awesome, but it's not easy. The Bible never 
God never, Jesus never promised an easy life. He never promised an easy path. He never promised easy challenges. That's a contradiction. What God does promise is that he's going to give you the strength that you need. And when I say need, I mean actually need. Oftentimes, God gives us exactly the amount that we need. No more and no less. Because God provides, and he wants you to depend on him as that provider. Even the Apostle Paul, who we revere as one of the most impactful missionaries of all time and godly men, this is what he says about his ministry. For this I toil and struggle with all, but look what he says, not with my energy, not with your energy, he says with his energy that he powerfully works within me. See, Paul recognizes the suffering, he recognizes the hardship, he recognizes the challenge, but then recognizes the one who's allowing him to get through it. It's not, his, it's not Paul's strength, it's not my strength, my energy, it is his energy. I mean, all we have to do, <laughs> this is just one area, you should read 2 Corinthians if you get a chance. Paul was bitten by snakes on his journeys, robbed, stoned, abandoned by his friends, shipwrecked twice. And on the top of that, he was stressed out about all the churches he had, to, he had to care for, and he was worried about their problems. Yet he continued to go on. I, I wouldn't get through one snake bite. I wouldn't get through a leak in a boat. I'd be like, I'm done, I'm done sailing, okay? It would be terrifying, and I'm sure it was. But Paul knew where his strength was coming from. He had no doubt that God was going to be the one who was able to get him through it. If we, if we can pursue God we, in, in his strength, we will make it through. And you know what? We could, we could try to pursue all of these self-help, willpower, get yourself, pick yourself up from your bootstrap book after book after book after podcast after book after book. And those are great. There's, there's some really good information out there, but ultimately, they fall flat and short. Why? Because they're human wisdom coming from a human mind, and we've already established that man is limited. There's only so much you can teach. There's only so much you can muster up. But the strength of the Lord is not limited. God is all-powerful, and he wants to help you. He wants to give you his strength. Philippians tells us, this is Paul again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, Paul making it clear, Paul can't do anything. Christ can do everything. A good example of this um, is the West Virginia trip that Pastor Jeff and the, and the men's ministry team went on. So I don't know if you guys heard about this or know much about it, but Jeff went, Pastor Jeff and his team went on a uh, trip to West Virginia to one of the poorest counties in the United States. And they were shocked. Pastor Jeff's been there before, but much of this, almost everybody in this team is completely new to the area, and they were shocked by the amount of poverty 
that they saw in the United States. They said it felt like a different place. And they went and delivered gifts to, these, to the children there for Christmas time. And they went to share the love of God. And if you ask any of them, if it was an easy trip and an easy thing to do to be in that area and see the heartbreak in some of the impoverished areas, they would tell you not a chance it was easy. Not a chance. And they would even tell you that it's like, it's not by my strength, but it's by the strength of God that we were able to minister to these people with hearts of love and excitement and to show and show love and and and, and joy and, and happiness amidst such a kind of dismal situation. I mean, they, some of these places barely had food, water, and electricity. That is one example of why we need to let God's strength soar in us. A real-life example that we went through, and I'm sure you have your own moments where you have depended on God, and he helped you out, and he got you through, and maybe it was just by the skin of your teeth that's what God promises is that he will provide for you. Now, how do we, how do we get into that? How do we actually um, experience, lean into God? What's one way that we can see in the scripture of how we, how we, wait, how we um, work with God's strength? It's by waiting, waiting patiently. Now, I hate waiting. I'm the kind of guy that will spend, and this is, again, back to the financial uh, improvement, uh, I would rather go to the store and spend $15 more for an item than wait two days shipping for Amazon. I am terrible with waiting. And waiting patiently, forget about it. I'm terrible. I can't do it. Can't do it. But this is one. I'm sure some of you are a lot like me in that, and maybe you're better than me in, in that, and I'm sure you are. There's probably not many worse than me. But this is one reason why we can see God's ways are not our ways. Because we want now. We want now. We want to change. New Year's resolution, I want to lose weight, day three. Why am I still this heavy? I'm doing everything right. Right? We can't do it. We can't wait. We, it's so hard to wait for progress. But it tells us to. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on eagle's wings. And they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. But they who wait on the Lord. You see, as Christians, patience comes from the Holy Spirit, our relationship with God. It's not, our, it's not our patience. If you guys know the fruit of the Spirit, it's what? Love, peace, patience. Right? All right. Patience. It's Part of the fruit of the Spirit is something given to us by God that we cannot, that we cannot do ourselves. Paul says that not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. As we wait upon the Lord to, to, to help us in our life, it's going to produce these things that waiting through our suffering produces endurance. He's going to renew, he's going to renew us. And that word renew can also mean exchange, kind of like uh, if I renew my bed sheets, I could, be, I could be changing my bed sheets. If I'm changing my clothes, I could be renewing my clothes. The, the Hebrew word works both ways that way. 
And we have to let God's strength soar in us by renewing our strength in the Lord or exchanging ours for the strength of the Lord. And if we do that, God promises that we will soar on eagle's wings. That we will be like the mighty bird that the Bible constantly talks about being powerful and mighty and majestic. And that we believe is today too. We have a lot of symbolism with that. So, as I close, I want to explain this. How does this all work into what we're talking about? Well, I know that a lot of you, like I said at the very beginning, are going through a lot. This year, I'm just going to say, it sucked. This year was awful. It was not... It was not something you want to remember. I know, for, I know people personally, and I'm sure there are people I don't know in here who have had a heck of a time with this year, and they've been beaten down, and you're weary, and you're tired, and you just want it to be done. I, I see that, and I know that. And so what I'm, what I'm about to say is for you, so please listen, that you might be weary, and you might be tired, you might feel beaten down and exhausted, but God is not. God isn't. And you might feel like your life last year and this coming year is going to be too busy for God and that you just don't have time for him, but God's not too busy for you. And he wants to help you. And if we could stop trying to focus in our willpower to get done what we want to get done, Instead, turn to God and say, God, is this even something you want from me? Is this something I should be focusing on? I promise you, if you lean on God's strength, he will give you, like I said, exactly the strength that you need. And that may mean that some of your resolutions don't come true. And some of your hopes for this next year don't come true. But that means if you are, if you are earnestly following the Lord, it means you didn't need him. And you need to depend on God. So I'm going to close this in a prayer for the new year. And um, if you guys would just uh, follow me in this prayer. Father, I know there are people in here who have had a hard time, been beaten down, and don't know where to go, just like Israel. But God, I also know that you're the same God, the same God that, that promised Israel that you would be there pray you would be with us this year, that we would lean on you and that we would um, renew our strength in you and exchange it for our lasting power that is, that is beyond any power that we could ever muster ourselves. God, let us lean on you and may our resolutions and our commitments this year be focused on honoring you and benefiting our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You are dismissed.